Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it happens to be in your part of the world. Welcome to this week's edition of The Alignment Show. Now, this is another one that we have recorded because at the time that this episode is going to be broadcasting, I'm probably sitting in a doctor's office. It's one of those appointments that we just couldn't shift, but I'm very pleased that uh, our guest today was comfortable with recording, and so we will be sharing that with you here in just a moment. As we get started, I want to remind you that uh, this show is uh, sort of sponsored by me, so we got to line up a few things here. We've been talking for a while about the um, the upcoming book, The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. Got a QR code on the screen here for folks who are with us in video. You'll be able to find out information about this uh, as we go along. And then I also uh, can tell you that for folks who are listening audio only, you can find out information about the upcoming book. It is a business fable about Dan Roberts facing a challenge in his life. He's come to a crossroads, got to figure out what to do next. Not quite sure what that might be. He gets a little guidance from a mysterious barista who acts as a sort of mentor for him. And through his interactions with her, he learns five principles that will help him figure out what his core values are. Hope that would be of interest to you. You can find out more by going to donking.com. That's D-O-N-N-K-I-N-G.com slash 3-Y-O. It's the number three, lowercase letters, Y-O. Now, we also have for you a free short story that's written in the same style. It's sort of like what I think of as cheese sampling. That is, you can find out whether the writing style in the books is the kind of thing you would enjoy reading. Uh, We don't have principles in this one, but it is written in a similar sort of way. So Brewing Inspiration is the name of this short story. It is a complete short story. You're not just getting a slice uh, of a book. Uh, leaving you with a cliffhanger or whatever. You can find out more about that by going to donking.com. Remember, Don is with two N's, D-O-N-N-K-I-N-G.com, slash brewing. That's not that kind of brewing. It's like coffee brewing, B-R-E-W-I-N-G. Hope that will be of interest to you and will make your life a little bit better. Here on The Alignment Show, of course, we focus on helping folks to live their values and value their lives. So I would like to introduce you to our guest at this point because I think he exemplifies that. Uh, We're going to be talking today with Yermi Kirkus. Now, I know that's probably not a name that you've heard before, but Yermi has really impressed me in the time that I've been able to work with him as a part of the group that we mentioned so often on this show, the Go-Giver Success Alliance. He was one of the first people that I met, one of the first people to reach out to me. He is a natural connector. 
goes along with last week's program when we talked with Tracy Borison, who's all about genuine connections. In fact, Jeremy is the one who introduced me to Tracy. So what his core business is, he says, we help real estate professionals create a long-lasting, profitable business by cultivating strategic referral partners. We also help real estate firm owners attain, retain, and sustain top-performing and talented realtors. Now, I can tell that Yermi uh, has always been driven by a set of core values, and he says they've always guided him to the next step and kept him pushing to constantly keep growing. A lot of times we talk with folks on this show about how they have confronted their values and taken steps to make a change. Well, in Yermi's case, he represents someone who figured out a long time ago the centrality of values, how important they are to an effective life, not just a, a happy life. And so that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring him on today. Now, we did record the interview a little bit earlier. So next, you're going to hear my recorded self interviewing Yermi, and then we'll come back at the end to tell you a little bit about next week's guest. So without any further ado. And by the way, if you hear rumbling in the background as I'm recording this, we've got a thunderstorm going on, but I don't think we'll have that when you listen to your me. So stick with us and we'll be right back. And I'm pretty sure my live self has just introduced you to Yermi Kirkus. So we're going to go ahead and bring Yermi on. Yermi, welcome to the Alignment Show. Hello, hello, Don, and hello, guests and everybody and thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity well we're glad to have you on here you and i've had a number of conversations over the last few months and i'm glad to finally have you on the show because in my mind you really represent what the alignment show is all about the idea mm -hmm. of living your values and valuing your life now in, in our conversations and in some of the stuff that you've told me about with your background uh, in a way, you have always lived your values. Mm -hmm. And so what we're looking for here is some some guidance, I guess, because my sense of it is that a lot of people may have a sense of what's important to them, but they've convinced themselves that I I can't do that. Mm. You know, and and so there's a lot of legitimacy to at least some of that, you know, uh, again, you know, you and I have talked about how I've been a writer all of my life, over 50 years. But on the other hand, I've never really given it the chance that it could because I've got a disabled daughter, yeah. you know, life circumstances, all that sort of thing. There are ways still, though, to recognize what's important to you and to take sure. steps to bring your life into alignment with that. Hmm. So. This is this is kind of coming off the top of my head right now. Has there ever been a time when you felt like, okay, this is important to me, but I can't do that right now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like you were mentioning that I was very, very privileged growing up with a wonderful uh, grandmother. Primarily, she was she was my rock in every single way. Uh, my mother, her daughter as well. Um, so, so we, we grew up in, in aligning with values, core values, um, not, not to mention also our faith has, has a lot to do with it as well. Um, our faith highly emphasizes these values as well. Uh, but you're right. It was always this thing of, 
primarily my grandmother used to always really drive us into everything you do has a has a cause reaction to it. Um, so have intention with everything you do. Um, my mother, for example, she would. She, I, I was this comedian of the family, if you will. Uh, Friday night dinners was usually the family time when we would get together. Everybody would be there. And I would love to just put on a comedy skit. And I was just pretty good at it. Um, but my mom, and, and sometimes I would imitate certain people uh, in the community, in the family, whatever it was. And my mom would stop me for a second. Just it was a learning experience. And she would ask me, are you sure that that everybody here are, you know, they're, they're having a good time? Like you're not making fun out of making fun of somebody on their expense, hurting them in any way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And really the underlying message that she would say is that if not everybody, everybody involved in the joke, if not everybody is laughing, then the joke is not funny. Mm. Everybody has to laugh in order for the joke to be happy. So in other words, that intention going out of your way to make sure it's okay. I would literally go to sometimes a teacher and I would say, hey, you know, um, I really just really like you and admire you. And I appreciate your funny, I don't know, something that they would do that was funny, you know, an accent or something. And I would say, is it okay if I imitate you out of, out of, out of like just, just legitimate, uh, you know, I'm just find you admirable. And I think it's funny and, you know, and if it's not, then I would never do it. And I would never disrespect you that way. Hmm. Um, and so, and actually there was a time that my teachers used to say, Yermi, could you stand in front of the class and make fun of like, like, you know, imitate me or something. And it was, it was really funny. <laughs> oh my, oh my. Well, and that, that, that's really insightful because mm-hmm. that tells me that from an, a very early age, you were oriented towards paying attention to other people and the effect that you have on them, mm-hmm. how yeah. we affect each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that uh, that now the business that you're in, as we gave your positioning statement, you know, starting out, you're working with real estate, real estate professionals. Mm-hmm. But it strikes me that the way you're working with them, the emphasis on connection. Yeah. It could just, it, it could almost just happen to be real estate. It could be any number of other uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Your focus being on connection. How did, how did that experience with your family lead you into connecting people via real estate? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Did you yeah, do that yeah. in California, for example? You, you came from California, right? So I'm originally from Montreal, Canada, and okay. I lived in California for just about a decade or so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so were you doing the real estate connectivity type of thing there? No, <laughs> hmm. no. Okay. So, so I just, I always, so actually we grew up in a very diverse uh, family. So everybody had their own business, their own thing. Uh, my dad was in textile. My grandmother was in catering. Uh, my mother was in education. My grandfather was in jewelry. You know, it was so diverse across many, many industries. Um, so I was very privileged to, you know, I'm also the, the oldest grandchild from my mother's side. So I got a lot of exposure to many, many different experiences. Um, so in the very first business that I had, um, I didn't have so much clarity in the sense that I just wanted to work with everybody. So whoever whoever needed this kind of service, that's who I would go after. And it was a very difficult thing to do to go after so many different industries. 
um, you know, also going back to your last question, was I always in alignment? No, I wasn't. And and there was there was a time when I just lacked clarity. And then when life happens, um, you know, I had a couple of traumas that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And and then it came to a point where I said, life has to go on pause for a moment while I take care of me and take care of who I am and then get realigned with my core values, you know, reassess those core values, reassess who I am and that kind of stuff. And then it was through that that I discovered this extreme love for real estate. Uh, just some mentors, some people I was exposed to um, through, I was volunteering for as a prison chaplain for a short period of time. And then it was through that that I got introduced to the donors of, of, the, of the organization. Oh. And they were all involved in real, primarily involved in real estate. And I use them as mentors. I use them as growing, you know, I, I would share with them what I'm doing and then obviously ask them what they're doing that whole thing of connection as well. And then through that, I learned so much about real estate and just found the passion for it. Okay. And that's what led me to real estate in a sense. So, so connections, once again, that, that's yeah. interesting. It does occur to me, by the way, just as a side note here, you could do a short version of that by saying, yeah, I got interested in real estate from my time in prison. <laughs> yeah. oh my that would start a conversation uh, yeah, would make a conversation yeah okay so that that did uh, uh come before your move across the country now yeah uh we we alluded to that probably if i remembered to mm-hmm. do it in the introduction we alluded to that uh but let, let's dig into that a little bit you sure. told me once that you guys, uh, I think, were intending, you were living in California. Mm-hmm. You were coming to North Carolina basically on vacation, if I remember that correctly. Correct. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, let's go ahead and set it up. When was this? Yes. And we'll make the point that you mm-hmm. were just ahead of something almost like a tidal wave crossing the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an experience. And uh, so very shortly um, I was realizing that I was coming to my plateau in in the when I was working in the prison system, and um, and then I, again it was that whole thing of aligning myself with my core values and what I felt was my greater purpose, if you will. It was December of 2019, and I went to my bosses and I said, "I love what I do; it's bringing me a lot of fulfillment. However, I feel that there's more for me in life, and you know, March 12th of 2020 is going to be my last day of work." was effectively how I said it back in December. Um, and, March, and let's emphasize March 12th, 2020. 2020, okay. exactly. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, so March 12th, 12th of 2020 was going to be my last day uh, working in all the prison stuff and all that stuff that I was doing. And it gave, I gave them a three-month notice just to train the next person in, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so did it, you know, align, I, I, I aligned everything. I... I you know, I already went prospecting for clients and a lot of my inner network, as we just mentioned, within the real estate. So they were connecting me with their people, et cetera, et cetera. I had it all lined up. You know, plan was perfect, if you will. And I like to say, expect the unexpected. <laughs> and then uh, March 12th came around. That was my last day. And March 15th was when uh, the lockdowns effectively started becoming a thing. Uh, the COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. I look over to my wife and I said, New York went on lockdown. San Francisco just went on lockdown. 
you know, all these bigger cities were going locked down. It's a matter of time before a massive city like Los Angeles goes into lockdown. I said, I don't do well under these kind of circumstances. I know. I spent almost a decade in the prison system. So, you know, the best thing of, of, of my job was the fact that I was able to go home. So I don't do well in lockdowns. Uh, so I said, your family lives in, you know, beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. Um, you're, you grew up there. Let's go on vacation for the alleged two weeks that everybody said that this was going to be for. Uh, we thought it's going to be, you know, lock me down on two acres of land for, uh, for two weeks. I, I could do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we drove across country. And as we're driving, we're seeing all the lockdowns happening directly behind us. The police were shutting down the highways as we were crossing, you know, cities and stuff like that. And by miracle, we made it to North Carolina and we're here ever since. Uh, so that's that's that story. <laughs> so those two weeks turn into three years. Uh, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> now, now let's let's expand that just a little more. There came a point to where you could have said, OK, it's over. I don't know if that would have been a year. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how long? Because even though. You know, obviously, we all went through that lockdown period, but even now, I couldn't tell you when travel restrictions were lifted. Yeah. But still, there came a point where you could have said, okay, it's over. Let's go back home. At what point did you realize that home is now here? You're in the Asheville, North Carolina area now, I believe, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happened. So we were a few months here already. Um, as you said, like two weeks turned into a few more weeks and a few more weeks. And I think by the time three months or four months already hit, um, I simply just couldn't afford the rent of LA. It was just, you know, expensive. And my wife being in the real estate world as well. Um, so we started researching what does housing can condi- like what, how much does it cost to buy a house where we live, let's say. Um, and we discovered that our mortgage was going to be a hundred dollars more than our rent in LA. So all of our living expenses over here would be simply a hundred dollars more than the living expenses in LA where there I'm renting and over here I could buy. And, you know, uh, so we decided to let go of the place in LA, the, the rental and purchase the, the, actually the cabin that we were renting at the time we ended up purchasing the cabin. And once we established here somewhat, um, you know, we got more involved in the real estate here. We got like my business started picking up some more. Uh, we were closer to family. And there was a whole bunch of reasons which ultimately led us to just establishing here for, for mm-hmm. the most part. And, and I'm just, just from my observation, uh, living in essence right across the mountain from you, you know, we're about a two hour drive apart. I'm in East yeah. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, you established, you, as you said, there was already family connections there, but you've yeah. established very quickly. Um, quick question that I'm just wondering about. When you left L.A., you were thinking you were going to be gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. There's probably you know furniture and family photos and stuff like that back in the apartment. Correct. Did you drive back over there to close it down? Did you just let go of all of it? How did that work? No, so we, we flew back. Um, we flew back in, in during that, that three months later or something. It was a really challenging flight. Uh, the masks, the the restrictions, you know, all the stuff that was involved. L.A. took it really, really hard. So the, the restrictions in L.A. were very difficult. Uh, but we flew there and then we rented a bigger van. And the decision was whatever fits in the van is what's coming along and the rest just whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with with my wife's and my uh, incredible Tetris uh, experiences. For those who know what Tetris is, <laughs> an ancient uh, you know, game, uh, we managed that. to put we managed to put everything in the truck. So uh, so yeah, so we just drove that. We did the second drive from LA to here as well. Yeah. Wow, and that's uh, roughly two thousand miles, something 3, like 000. that. Yeah, just about three thousand miles. Three thousand so two wow. day drive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big country. Um, <laughs> so you you made the move. You got established. Um, you already had some background in real estate. Your wife had some background in real estate. Getting the real estate license in North Carolina, of course, that would have been a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You're not so much, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, you're not so much in real estate yourself. You are facilitating correct. real estate folks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you come to that as opposed to simply you partnering with your wife and saying, hey, we're both going to be real estate agents? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Great question. Um, So I'm not a licensed realtor. So that's not that's not what I do. That doesn't it just doesn't work for me. Um, So my very, very first business growing up and the first one that I did, like on a major level, let's say. Uh, was a business matchmaking type of business. Um, so it was back in England when I was living in England, and I was involved in a lot of networking events, you know, connecting. And my job and my partner's job at the time that, that we were working together, um, so we were just like the hosts of this networking event. And our job was just to, you know, when a lot of people come to networking events, some people are just awkward and they don't know who to start a conversation with or whatever. Um, so our job was to start the conversation and start introducing people. So if let's say you're a realtor and you want to meet a mortgage broker, let's say, oh, there's the mortgage broker. So come, let me introduce you to him, you know, uh, something of that nature. So that was my very first business. Um, so it was like kind of like this business matchmaker type of thing. Um, and I just loved it. I loved it so much back in the day. And it was just like connecting and learning about such interesting. Everybody has a beautiful story to share. Um, I found that to be really, really cool and fascinating. Um, And then it took me a whole life journey to realign and kind of like go back to the roots and say, where was I most happy? Where was I most, you know, thriving in a sense? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I decided to, and I said, I need to focus just on one industry, on one area. Um, And if it's going to morph from there, no problem. I mean, it happened multiple times since. So I don't only work with real estate people. Um, I work with I worked with a bakery for heaven's sake. Like I worked with all kinds of interesting people, uh, mm-hmm. but I found that by focusing just on one criteria uh, makes my life easier, makes other people's life easier. You know, when I'm searching for a client or somebody's asking how could I refer you to somebody, it starts from there and it's easier to deal with. Um, so my wife got her real estate license that she did, um, but I did more like the matchmaking, so connecting investors with developers or an invest uh, a real estate agent with uh, you know with a mortgage broker like all kinds of people who share who share complementary services to one another mm-hmm. in the real estate within the real estate world. Okay, so that's now basically how I did it. I, I'm betting that you applied that sort of skill set to help you guys get established. Sure. As I've already mentioned, you know, quickly. Mm-hmm. I know Asheville a little bit. Uh, my late ex-wife lived over there for a while, and, and you know my kids grew up in Black Mountain. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a little different than a lot of our areas around the mountains, but still, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in a community where a guy that I used to know, he's since died, mm-hmm. but uh, he worked at Oak Ridge. Yes. And he went to work there in 1949. I knew him in 1989. Wow. And folks still called him the new guy. <laughs> You know, so so the skill set that enabled you not just to get established in in the Asheville area and and other places. I know you do a lot of stuff online. It's not just Mm -hmm. the local geography, but still the skill set that enabled you to actually connect with people yourself so that you could then connect them with each other. Mm hmm. Uh, and, and as we've already mentioned, you're part of the Bob Berg group along with me. Bob was one of his early books. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Jeremy, help me out here. Are you referring to Endless Referrals? Endless Referrals. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that book is, in a lot of ways, a classic sales book, but it's not really about sales. It's about relationships, sure. which is about sales. You know, Bob's... Uh, philosophy and ours is about serving not what can i get right right you know um that's a natural connection for you but that's something that you worked out on your own long ago Mm -hmm. yeah how did that serve you in serving others sure sure so that that that's a long-winded answer but i'll give you the short version of it um so part of the core values growing up was it's not just enough to do business and to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, But we have to give back to the community if we are community members. So we have to volunteer. And there was actually a requirement growing up that you had to volunteer a certain amount of hours um, every week, every month, whatever it was, you know, depending on school, depending on a lot of other stuff. Um, So my grandmother would take me, my mom would take me, whoever it was would take me. I would eventually, as I grew up, went on myself, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. So being a community member and being part of the community, giving back to the community was a very big core value. And um, I kept that core value all along my life, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And eventually when I started dating, that became a core value that I was also looking for in my wife, uh, which she shared with her family. And then her growing up in the Asheville area, uh, they were a very well-known family around here for volunteering, for being part of community. Um, so I just tagged along when we moved here. Uh, so we volunteered to a lot of opportunities, a lot of different things, uh, being part of the community. And again, just learning about people. And you're always meeting people uh, through these events, through these things. Uh, so that perhaps, I, I would say that that played into the... Um, to the quick acclimation, as you put it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and I mean, just, just to, to draw this out, I'm sure this is the case. Mm-hmm. People will sometimes have a negative connotation on the idea of networking. I think it's because they think it's about glad handing, handing out yeah. a bunch of business cards and all that kind of, thing. that's not what we're talking about here. No, you know? no, no. You're, you're yeah. talking about genuine service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost think instead of talking about networking, we just talk about making friends. Yeah. So that's something that you brought over to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get everything out of my head on this one. It was also about leveraging, in a way, leveraging existing 
connections. You didn't just show up as a stranger in Asheville, mm -hmm. although Asheville, because of the nature of its town, you know, it's probably far more tolerant of newcomers. Yeah, yeah. Than a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but but even within that, you weren't a newcomer. It may have been your first time being there, mm -hmm. uh, at least for an extended period of time, but you're immediately connected into an existing community because you have genuine ties. Yes. Is that an accurate statement? Absolutely, yeah. I just became the, the, the husband of or, you know, son-in-law of, you know, uh, very quickly. That, that's, how they, that's how I was introduced. That's how they got to know me. Mm -hmm. um, but I love, I love that you mentioned that. To me, my philosophy about networking – um, just always was I always thought of it as how do I transform? And I love that word. You know, I really use that word, word heavily, but I you like to see it in a, in a simple way. How could I transform this current quote unquote stage stranger? I mean, right now, this individual who's in front of me and never met him before, never anything. How could I, I transform this stranger into somebody I know and paraphrasing Bob Berg again, it's, you know, people do business with and refer pe people business to people that they know, they like, and they trust. But before mm -hmm. liking and trust, you got to know somebody. Mm -hmm. So if I don't know them, I need to transform them into somebody now that I know. So that's the way I approach networking in general and my philosophy. Otherwise, it's going to be a transaction. And nobody likes to feel like they're a like an ATM machine, you know. Throw a throw a card at it and expect money to just show up, you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that just doesn't work that way. Uh, and and the emphasis here is not so much for you to know them, but for you. No, no, that well, is. Us, uh, it, for it's us not to know each other. I think it, it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and to develop that a little further, there are people that I know that I don't particularly like. Right. Yeah. And there are even people that I know and like, but. I don't trust them. I mean, it's not so much that I think they're going to take advantage of me sure. as they don't strike me as particularly competent, for example. Right. right. You know, and so all three of those things, the no like and trust, work. but it starts with the knowing and the truly knowing. Correct. Now, we should mention one of the things that I know that you have, have done in the last couple of years. There used to be a thing that was, uh, I think, because I've, I've been around LinkedIn a long time, but I wasn't active on it for a lot of mm -hmm. years. Uh, it used to be fairly common for there to be local gatherings that were called uh, uh, LinkedIn local. Correct, yeah. And that kind of, I, I don't know if it went away because of the pandemic or if it had kind of tapered off prior to that. Mm -hmm. You will know more about that. But one of the things you have done in the Asheville area is to revive LinkedIn local yeah. in that area. And I'm going to put mm -hmm. up on the screen here a QR code for folks to connect with you on LinkedIn because we have people who are listening audio only. And mm -hmm. we're going to have the link in the show notes, folks, if you're just listening to this. But let me also tell you how to find him. Yuri, I don't know how many people have your name. There's a lot of Don Kings out there, I can tell you. Okay. Sure. But for the audio people in particular, Yermi spells his name Y-E-R-M-I, mm -hmm. and his last name is K-U-R-K-U-S. Now, if they just enter that in, are they likely to find you on LinkedIn? Highly. I think I think I am literally the only Yermi Kirkus on LinkedIn, so 
most really? likely, yeah. <laughs> okay. And those of you who are watching the video, you can just make use of, of the QR code there. Uh, yeah. Right now, because Yermi is redoing his website, that is the best mm -hmm. way to get in touch with him if you'd yeah. like to talk more about his projects. Uh, in fact, we uh, we haven't even mentioned your current projects. And because we're running a little short of time, sure. I want to be sure that we get that in there. You've got a book mm -hmm. uh, that has come out not too long ago, I think, right? For the love of success, achieving right. the impossible dream, mm -hmm. uh, or, or you're working on publishing we're it right publishing. now. Yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of pub. Well, we had a publisher and then the publisher had to leave for, you know, personal reasons of his own. And now we were, we were just kind of like left with the whole project on our own shoulders to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it unfortunately dragged out longer than ex anticipated. Uh, but we are coming out with that book and it's super exciting. And yeah, so I, I, I don't know which direction you want to go with that. I'm sorry, but you, you may or may not. Uh, and because I'm involved as a writer and I've done mm -hmm. traditional publishing and also independent publishing, sure. you know, I, I know a little bit about the process there. I yeah. don't know if you've got any kind of a pre-order uh, yeah. Okay, so if if you want to share with me how folks could pre-order the book, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Yeah, I will okay. share that link with you. Absolutely. Okay, very good. So, <laughs> so folks, even those of you who are watching live, we don't have that link to where mm -hmm. I can easily show it to you, but it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have do you have because I know publication schedules can change, but do you have an idea of when it will be live? So we have a big uh, dream to hopefully uh, launch it for around the area of uh, Valentine's Day. Okay. So February 16th of 2024, I believe it is. So okay. okay. Next year, yeah, 24. Yeah. And, so, and folks, um, I don't know if you knew it or not. Um, mm -hmm. I think Amazon will do this. Kobo will let you set up a pre-order as much as 12 months ahead of time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you can you can have those pre-orders out there. And, folks, you mm -hmm. want to get lined up for this, okay? Yeah. So we'll make sure that you have the opportunity to do that. Now, um, for the love of success, tell us a little bit about um, uh, what's, what's the book? How is it structured? What's it about? You, sure. you said something about um, mm -hmm. 10 universal principles. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so basically, I was always known as the dreamer or the fantasizer, as I used to be called, and um, and it very much aligns with the whole idea of alignment. So, once you have clarity on who you are, you have clarity on the vision and you know where you want to end off being, and um, and so I had this dream, and I just I, I figured you know to me there's an ideal version of the world, and that I want to play a part of that. And unfortunately, my immediate surroundings uh, would try to hush that dream by a bit. You know, my dreams are big. And uh, I like to say if my dreams don't scare me, they're not big enough. Uh, so um, so it was a story of how I really aligned my, my life. I said, here's the kind of life that I want to live. And then I said, well, I need a partner to live this life. And I would love to marry a woman that would match this kind of lifestyle uh, that I was hoping to achieve and build and all that stuff. And so I wrote this four-page, you know, very elaborate uh, description of the ideal wife that I was looking for. Um, and the way it works in my community is that we go to matchmakers and we uh, give this, this, you know, this, this description and we look for this wife. Uh, well, long story short is that everybody told me that there doesn't exist this kind of woman. 
And so I said, if I could think of it, it could exist. So long story short is I used, um, I used these 10 universal principles in how to go find my wife, and I was successful in it. And I'm using the same principles in how I'm setting up my business and how I, when I, with the people that I work with, you know, if you have a dream, if you have a vision, it's very possible, it's, it, you could get it. So um, the structure of the book is a little bit of my story, a little bit about how that, that, that part of my story connects to business. And then the final part of every chapter is to challenge the reader um, to say, hey, how does this principle work in my life? Because just because it worked for me in this kind of way, it doesn't mean it works for everybody in the same kind of way. Uh, so the reader gets a chance to write their own chapter if they will, you know. Uh, so that's that's basically for, for the love of success. Excellent. Excellent. I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Are you are you thinking of publishing a companion workbook maybe yeah, along absolutely. with it? Yeah, that's what's taking all this time is that it's uh, so we're going to have a you could buy it either just the book. You could buy the book and the workbook, um, or you could buy the book, the workbook, and the journal. So a lot of it is, is in the journaling. So, uh, yeah, that, so that, that, that's that how is, we're structuring it. Yeah, that is both so practical and so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. Okay, folks, you're going to want to be sure and keep up with that. Now, again, audio only, folks. You're not seeing on the screen. I've got Yermi's email up here, so I, I would say one of the simplest things you can do to make sure that you keep track of not only this book, but other projects that he's involved in, uh, drop an email to him. It is Yermi. We've already spelled it once, but Y-E-R-M-I, Yermi at YermiKirkus.com. And I'm sure that would be something that you would want to keep in touch about. In fact, you are working on uh, another project, I think, a Mm -hmm. workshop to show people how to use strategic partnerships. So does this kind of fit in with the book or, or yeah. just, mm-hmm. okay, so, so yeah. what, what's going on with that project? So, yeah, so a lot of people ask me, well, okay, so nice that you wrote a book and nice that you talk about all these things and all, and well, how did you start your business based on all that that you talk about? And so I said, oh, it was all, it was the exact same way how I found my wife is how I found my clients, et cetera. Well, what does that look like? Uh, well, I just networked and I connected with people and just let people know what I'm doing and, and you know, help them and they help me, etc. you know. And so, OK, well, what does that look like? And everything's a strategy. So long story short, you know, people always ask me, hey, could you refer me to somebody or could you this? Could you that? And so I tell people, be very intentional, be very intentional with everything that you do. Uh, you want to align with yourself with other people who you could benefit them and they could benefit you and vice versa. And so right now um, it just through these conversations and people were like, just show me, just show me, just show me. So I figured if I had a big enough group that was so interested, uh, so I put together a workshop that could just demonstrate that I have a workbook that, that is a companion to that. Um, So they could download the workbook and it's a step-by-step of, you know, different things that they could do to really connect with other people and to um, and to learn how to strategize how to meet the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the way I met my wife was actually through another girl that I dated. It just didn't work out with her. And she said, wow, you'd be amazing for my roommate. You know, you should date my roommate. And long story, like, like how it actually turned out is that 
my my wife before well when she was dating she only wanted to date somebody whose reputation preceded him that means she heard of him and she that she heard good things about him so let's say she was excited to go on a date before even the guy would let's say hit up on her or whatever is the system how it works um so i was privileged that you know she like this girl who was her roommate went to go say nice things about me and then my wife was open to dating me so so okay. that, that's how i find my clients and that's how so i show people how to do that okay excellent excellent uh, real practical question here is this an in-person workshop online mm-hmm. or you have versions of both so versions of both but right now it's primarily online and it's exclusive to one specific group uh, but as soon as as soon as i'm done my arrangement with that group um, it will be it will be open to anybody and everybody so okay okay mm-hmm. so once your website is revamped everything yeah. people will be able to find out about it but in the meantime mm-hmm. dropping you an email is probably yeah. a good yeah. idea email and waiting lists those are right now what we're using yeah Excellent, excellent. Well, as as we're coming to a close here, Yermi, because I know you and I both have a another meeting to get to. <laughs> yes. Um, I like to always wind up by by asking. There's probably something that you wish that I had asked mm-hmm. that I didn't. <laughs> so, what do you wish I had asked, and what would your answer to that be? Yeah. So you know, Don, I watch I watch maybe ninety eight percent of your shows. And I think that's my favorite question that you ask every individual. And I remember I said, you know, if ever Don asks me that question, what would I answer him? And I'll be honest with you. I don't know. And um, (laughs) but I think you did a phenomenal job asking, you know, asking me the questions that you did. And it was really amazing. I think really my message is, you know, people at the end of the day want to do business with uh, people that they just it's a pleasant experience to do business with them. So when I say, you know, no like, and trust, you know, when, when we hear that, to me, what I hear is that people really just want to get to know you. They want to like you. They want to trust you. But more, above all, they really want to connect with you. You know, I think that connection. And that's where when you have that connection, that's when you have the alignment. And when you have that alignment, it's, it's just it's fun to be people who are smiling all the time, who are positive, who have a good attitude, a good character, good people to be around. And so that's, that's really, I think the highlight for me and what I do in business. And that's like, you're going to hear me scream that at the top of my lungs all the time. Uh, You know, and, and we have the workshops that go around becoming happier, you know, more, you know, better attitude, better characters, uh, which are the core of the service that I provide for these professionals. Um, So that's, that's what I think is the, the most important thing to end off on and kind of like to remember. Excellent, excellent. Well, Yermi, I appreciate so much you taking the time to come on with us here. Thank uh, you for the opportunity. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's up here in the corner, but make sure folks can find the show notes on this, the links we've been talking about. You can go to confidencecultivators.com and find all of this information. That's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to my... I don't know. It's my real self regardless. It's just (laughs) recorded at a different time. So, Don, take it away. (laughs) Really grateful to Yermi for taking the time to come on The Alignment Show. I hope that our conversation has been encouraging to you as you think about living your values and valuing your life. Next week, we will have yet somebody else that I 
met that first week that I was in the Go-Giver Success Alliance. We will be talking with um, uh, Peg Duchesne. Now, I'm going to wait until a little bit later to tell you more about Peg, but she has always been a supporter of this show. If you are uh, a watcher to where you can see comments, uh, Peg is here just about every week, and uh, she just impresses me all over. So we were very fortunate to be able to get her on the show. We'll look forward to that next week, next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll have several places that you can watch it. You can always catch the replay. Be sure that you uh, go to um, the Confidence Cultivator. Ooh, I don't have I don't have the link up here, do I? Well, uh, if you're watching this, then you probably know how to find the Confidence Cultivator. But that's where you can subscribe to be able to follow show notes and all that sort of thing. In any case, we will look forward to seeing you next week here on the Alignment Show. That's it for this week's episode of The Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.